I'm Michelle Broadbent and welcome to your Business Boost podcast. Join me as I take you behind the scenes to show you what it's really like to build a successful business. I'll be sharing practical tools, advice and insights that will change the way you work. So if you're ready to boost your business and your life, let's get started with today's episode. Hello and welcome to this week's episode of Your Business Boost Podcast. I'm Michelle Broadbent and one of my favorite mantras is tough times don't last, but tough people do. And today I'm going to be introducing you to a real tough cookie, someone who has gone through one of the biggest challenges that we could ever imagine ourselves going through and has come out the other side and written a handbook for all of us for when we are going through one of life's challenges. My gorgeous friend, Bryony Benjamin, is a cancer survivor. One minute, she was living her best life, working as a video producer at Mamma Mia. The next, she was fighting the fight of her life against cancer as it took over her body. Now, some of you may be familiar with Bryony because she during her cancer journey, shared very bravely um, quite a raw insight into what was going on with her in a video um, that was called You Only Get One Life. And this video was watched by millions and millions of people. It went viral and it is incredibly powerful. I have put the link to it in the show notes and I encourage you to watch this and see what it was like for her to go through what she went through. Right now, there are so many people who are going through a really tough time. I mean, let's face it, the last 18 months have been tough on all of us. And sadly, as we get older, life does seem to throw more curveballs at us. Um, So Bryony has put together this incredible book, uh, which is called Life is Tough, but so are you. And this is not just a, a, a story about her cancer journey. This is the handbook that she could have done with probably when she was going through this really challenging time. She shares the lessons that she learned through her illness and recovery and presents it in just the most gorgeously colorful, fun way. This is not a boring manual by any means. It's a perfectly, I think it's quite giftable. I know that sounds horrible, but it is. Like it, I think it would be perfect gift for someone who is going through a challenging time or even better a gift for someone who is caring for someone who's gone through a challenging time. And and Bryony and I do touch on that in our conversation. Um, but yes, please get your hands on a copy of this book, Life is Tough, But So Are You. It is gorgeous, as is Bryony. She is sunshine personified. She sparks joy to those around her. I am super lucky to have spent time with her this year and um, I I cannot get enough of her. And I'm sure after listening to Bryony today that you'll want a whole lot more of her in your life as well. So sit back and enjoy my chat with Bryony Benjamin. Bryony, thank you so much for joining us today. I am so, so happy to be seeing your beautiful 
smiley face at the other end of the Zoom and massive congratulations to you on your book. This is such an exciting time for you. Thank you, Michelle. I'm so pumped to be here on your beautiful podcast. And yeah, I'm look, I, it's been a really exciting little bit of time. I know it's a really tough time for a lot of people right now. And I think that is even more of the reason why I'm like, I just can't wait for this book to get out into the world and be in people's hands. Oh, I agree. It is it is the tonic that we all need right now. That's for sure. I mean, you know, <laughs> it, I'm sure a lot of people have said this to you, but you really couldn't have timed the launch <laughs> any better. Like it is just exactly what we need right now. So um, as I mentioned in the intro, Bryony's book, is life is tough but so are you and having read the book and of course knowing your story Bryony um, I know that throughout this the, the course of, of all that has happened to you there have been times when you have felt far from tough mm-hmm. and uh, uh, the listeners a lot of the listeners that, that listen to this podcast are um, business owners and even for those who are not um, there are times in our life when we do feel really invincible and then there are others when we're on our knees and wondering why the hell we started our businesses in the first place and I would love to hear from you some tips um, that can help us when we're feeling far from tough that are going to get us through those really tricky times. Yeah, totally. Well, you know, obviously I wrote a whole book to share literally all the little gems I learned along the way that just helped me get through the toughest time of my life. Um, Just as a sidebar, I wanted to share one that I just shared on my Instagram today because we actually know that um, the combination of movement, music and laughter is one of the most powerful mood boosters. So movement, music and laughter. And so what I've taken to doing on days that I'm just feeling a little bit out of it or a little bit flat is I will just find a song that I love. Look, normally Taylor Swift may be involved, I'll admit. Um, And I just crank it. And even if it's just doing a gentle little dance around my room or my living room, um, you know, and just the daggier the better because it makes you laugh and, and just feel a bit silly. That is a great little mood booster. So I just actually shared today a playlist and uh, there's one on my website of just like the songs that pick me up when I'm feeling really flattened down. So just as a little, you know, pep up for people going through lockdown at the moment or just needing that, you know, that hit like don't underestimate just a bit of fun tunes and some moving that body oh, at first thing in the morning. Yeah, I'm, I'm a big, I love, like that is one of my things. It's like the hits of happiness and dancing to really loud, really cheesy music. Um, you know, hits from the 80s are a, <laughs> a great one for me. I love 80s and 90s uh, classic and, and I oh. love laughter as well like we all do need yeah exactly and on and on that note you know for me I think I was about six weeks into chemo and a girlfriend Jenna said to me are you watching any comedy and I said no and she's like well you know it's really important that you do that during this time um she she's someone who I'd actually turned to for advice so she wasn't giving me unsolicited advice Mm. but yeah she said chuck on Netflix look up some stand-up comedy and just start watching so um, for anyone listening if you haven't watched Ali Wong before pretty crude and rude yeah fabulous you know just going and finding comedians like that you love even Mm. just um on YouTube um just trying to just keep um 
light and funny content coming in. And I know particularly at these times when people are struggling and, you know, there's a lot of uncertainty going around. I know for me I have to really pull back on the really intense dark TV shows. You just got to be really careful about what you consume. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then, and then, to, you know, I mean, I could go on and on, Michelle. So yes. you have to stop me. But <laughs> no, you know, I, I, I think something, you know, on the day I was diagnosed and I found out I had stage four cancer sort of riddled all through my body. Obviously, it's a massive shock. And something my specialist said to me in that moment was, "I don't want you to get too far ahead. We're not going to think about what treatment looks like. I don't want you googling it. What we're going to do right now is just think about the next three steps, and that is blood." blood and lung, you know, blood, a blood test, a lung and heart test and booking you into the IVF clinic. And I just thought um, it was such good advice just to think about, you know, the next few things. And I really channeled that in those first few weeks. Mm. I just kept thinking, okay, not going to, not going to think ahead. What's next? What's next? And so right now for people, or, you know, uh, when you're in business and like you said, having those days where you're like, well, why have I done this to myself? I need yes. to go get a job. You know, yeah. even if it's just thinking what's the one next thing I need to do and really biting it off and taking it step by step. And then I think um, something that I learned that was really helpful to me because I've always been a very positive person. And I remember when I first got diagnosed after the initial shock wore off, I thought, you know, I'm just going to be so positive. I'm going to be the most positive cancer patient that has ever lived. You know, I'm just going to positive the crap out of this thing. Yeah. And I soon realized that that's actually not very helpful because it's putting this whole other layer of pressure on you to not only be dealing with what you're doing and going through it, but being really positive as well Mm -hmm. and upbeat. Mm -hmm. And so realizing, you know, I write in the book, um, you don't have to be Pollyanna and realizing for me that I was actually allowed to feel sad. And that was actually a really valid response to what I was going through. And that was okay. Mm. And, and even one step forward from that, I talk about welcoming the pain in and inviting it in for a cup of tea. And what that is about really is one acceptance and two, making acknowledging it and making space for it. Because, and I found, you know, I've been dealing with chronic fatigue since chemo. So it's just been an ongoing, you know, a sort of health issues, which I found initially so frustrating and I was so angry at it. And, I, you know, why can't, I've been through so much, yeah, why can't I enough. just get back to it, you know? But I found um, when I was feeling that nausea coming on, I was really tensing up and getting angry at it and was making it worse. And so then I tried a different approach where I'd go, oh, hi, nausea, you're back. Cool. <laughs> We hung out all day yesterday. No worries. Come in, have a seat, and was sort of just at ease with it. And I would find that would really just relax me. And if, for example, this was happening at night, I would then just be able to fall asleep rather than getting really tense about it. So, you know, be that you can do the same for grief or loneliness mm. or, you know, stress. And, and the other tool I found helpful was just rather than saying, I'm really anxious today, I'm feeling really anxious, just going, this is anxiety. Or this is a feeling of sadness because it means it's not in you and it's not part of you. It's not who you are. It's just something that you are going through right now and it distances you from it. Yeah, that's such great advice, Bryony. I think, you know, as as humans, we are conditioned, you know, to to try and avoid pain and um, you know that's that's just how how we are but um and um you know my my therapist would uh, absolutely agree wholeheartedly it's like you know we actually have to we need to sit in it like we need to be in it as shitty as it is um it is it's 
it, it, we need to, yeah, acknowledge that it is there and not kind of just, yeah, I love that, not be Pollyanna about it and be like, you know, super duper positive because it's going to come out somewhere, isn't it? It's totally. like, it you bubbles know, up bubbles and it'll come <laughs> out in some very inopportune um, moment. So, totally. um, so I loved um, reading in the book you talking about your A team. I mean, your mum is an angel from heaven. She is what she what is. She, what a woman. And I look, I, um, I I'm pretty sure you mentioned it. And I and uh, I personally am very very bad at asking for help. I think when you are the helper, it is really um it, it, it's hard when you're going mm. through really tough stuff to ask for help um how how did you do that how can we have you got some advice for us as how to go about um getting that help I know your mum pretty much forced herself onto you my rock she was your rock but you had an a team like you had a whole crew of people around you so how did you how did you ask for that help? Yeah, you know, uh, like you said, Michelle, I wrote about it in the book because in that first week of my diagnosis, um, a lovely friend of mine, I had never actually realised, but she had a brain tumour about five, six years ago. She was a girl I play squash with. And she said to me, if I could just give you one piece of advice and coming from uh someone that's been through cancer, you're like, yeah, you've got the street cred yes. to talk to me yes. about this. It's yeah. very different to someone being like, let me tell you what you should do. Mm. Uh, she just said, "You, it's going to be uncomfortable, but you've got to lean on your people because you're going to need it and they really, really want to help you. So just let them mm. and, and lean on them, you know. And I think that piece of advice just really gave me the nudge to like lean into it and, yeah. and lean on my people because it is otherwise, like you said, you're a helper. You want to fix things. You can do it. You're competent. You're capable. But, you know, life really, life is about helping each other and leaning on each other when we need it. It's really what life is about. So, you know, and I, and I think keep in mind that you, you'll have a chance to help other people and they'll lean on you at other times. So this is your your turn, you know. This is your chance to do it. And so I think... And for me as well, it was from the get-go, just being really clear about what I wanted and needed. So mm -hmm. I had this amazing friend, Tim, and he actually came around to my house with this sheet of values and wants and needs. And he got me to sit down and actually just circle like, what were my wants and needs right now? You know, in terms of, oh, do I need actually a bit of space and some time to think by myself? Do I need physical touch? Do I need people around me? Do I need, you know, and even practical things like, you know, help with meals or whatever. But that was helpful to just get really clear on actually what I needed right now. Um, and, you know, and then having the bravery, it's uncomfortable, but to articulate that to the people around you. And when you're going through a crisis, you sort of have this you feel more empowered to do that. And it's actually something we always have available to us mm. that we don't necessarily tap in, particularly as women. So I think it's something we should tap more often anyway. And I know even for me in the early few days of my diagnosis, um, it was creating the framework for people around me. So saying things like, um, you know, I just want you to know that you can cry if you need to, you're not going to upset me further. Like this is sad and I might cry at any time and don't worry about that. It's nothing you've done. Um, but I don't want to, you know, but you might want to say something like, but I don't want to really talk about this at the moment, or I'm not really ready to talk about treatment, or I don't really want to talk about, you know, what's going to happen when the kids leave home or whatever, you know, whatever it is. Yeah. Um, 
just really laying it, it's hard on you as the person going through the crisis but ultimately if you can have a few of those tough conversations up front yeah um, it's going to make it easier yeah. of course yeah and and you know I guess touching on what you said about um you know being being helper and um your mantra of living is living is giving um which I you know I think you you really embody um that now you definitely do Bryony I mean that was one of the first things that I noticed in you um when I when I first met you and just you, you know you're always quick to to give a compliment you're always you're just you're you're there you're right there you are a helper so I I can imagine that it would have been tricky to uh to to, to be asking for that help and having those tough conversations and saying well listen yeah. you know like um but how how can we be a good helper in in a time like not not just when life's tough but but all the time like in life what how 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 can we be great helpers yeah well I think you know I ended up writing a whole chapter in the book about this because I think it's something people always ask me you know Mm -hmm. and they and it's hard to know what how to be a good helper sometimes because I think as well everyone's different so they'll want different things so there there are no hard and fast rules Mm -hmm. but I think there are a few good guidelines that that everyone can follow and the first thing is that often when someone's in pain or having a tough time we want to be helpful by jumping into fix-it mode and telling Mm -hmm. them what they should do And that's pretty unhelpful, actually, it turns out. (laughs) Uh, Unless someone is really coming to you, like there were a few people I reached out to that I knew had been through something really challenging and I said, I would just love any advice that you've got that will help me. Then that's okay if someone's coming to you and really asking for it. But if they're not asking for your opinion, most people just actually want to be held and listened to. And there's a quote in the book, it just says, don't try and fix me, just sit in the rubble with me, listen and hold my hand. And it can feel counterintuitive to when a friend or someone you love is in pain just to let them sit there and be in pain. But that's actually what a lot of people need. They just need to talk it out. And most people, they have the answers already. They know what they need to do, or that, but they just need to articulate it and, and, and you can be that sounding board to help them make sense of it. Um, so I think not interrupting, sitting there, you know, uh, giving them what they need, you know, um, you know, maybe some thoughtful gifts, you know, maybe just a drink of water, something while they, you know, and just being engaged and, and listening. And, uh, yeah, and then I think there's obviously there's a few classic phrases which I share in the book to steer clear <laughs> of, like the old, oh, well, God moves in mysterious oh. ways. Oh, God has a plan. There's this great lymph- lymphoma survivor who made this really funny series of empathy cards, yeah. and one of her cards is, if this is God's plan, God is a really terrible planner. Because <laughs> no offense, God, you did great on the pandas and the waterfalls, but you know, and it's like you might be religious, and yeah. that person might even be religious, but mm. they might be a little upset at God right now, or you know, or they may not have a religious belief. So mm. that's one to steer clear of. Also, yeah. just like, oh, they only send it to the strong. Oh, fuck you yeah. know, mm. it's just like when you've just been given a cancer diagnosis or you just lo- lost the love of your life. It's like that's really unhelpful. Yeah. And it feels dismissive as well, you know, mm. um, yeah. or even just the, I don't know, a lot of people say this one, it's a, it's a very fan favourite, but the, um, you know, everything happens for Oh, uh, yeah, yep. Um, you know, and I, I was speaking with a girl recently who lost her beautiful husband at 31 to bowel cancer 
And someone, her boss said to her, oh, you know, makes you strong, really makes you resilient. (sighs) She just, you know, I think she sort of lost it at him, which was kind of good actually, probably needed the lesson at, you know, 50-odd years of age. And just said, you know, I'm just not ready for my my beautiful husband has died and he's not with me and that's just a really sad, messed up thing. And I'm not ready for him to be a resilience lesson right now. So, you know, I think just being going gently. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the, I think, you know, the best form of help when someone's in crisis mode is just turning up and doing practical things. Yes. Like I had a girlfriend, it's as simple as she just said, I'll go, would you like me to go cancel your gym membership and just get that sorted? I was like, oh, oh yes. <laughs> that is a bitch of a task. It We've is, all been yeah. there trying to it's get like, money back from the, the bank of the gym. Yes. Yeah. I mean, not all heroes wear capes. You yeah. know? Some are just very good at life admin. Yes. <laughs> Um, and, you know, uh, just dropping meals around or if you're not sure if they'd want that, just saying, hey, I was going to drop around a salad or a lasagna or this, what, what do you want, you know? So mm. you're giving them options because I think another thing to avoid is just like let me know what you need, I'll yes, do anything. what do you need? Yeah, yeah. how can I help? And, it's, yeah. and, it, and it comes from a beautiful place but it's like it's then it's giving you another job to do because you have to think up of the thing that they can help you with. Exactly. And yeah. I imagine you'd be the same as me, Michelle, in that like <laughs> you're not then going to go, oh, could you do this, this yeah. and this, please? Not like, at you're all. just never going to, yeah. Oh. No. I mean, I was in the middle of chemo and I'm never going to say, hey, could you bring a meal around? <laughs> like, yes, it's. Yeah, it's awkward. It is, and I, I, I do. I remember um, when I was um, when I my marriage se- was separated, and um, we were selling the family home, and it was obviously like a you know very very tricky time. And um, I will, ne- and I will never forget this for the rest of my life. One of my girlfriends just messaged me um, at I think it was the the day before, and just said, "I'm coming around tomorrow morning at eight thirty to um, clean all the windows of your house because we had to put the house, you know, on the market for the photography and blah, blah. And she actually worked in real estate and she just knew the things that kind of needed to be done. So it wasn't like, what can I do? How can I help? It was like, this is the job that I'm giving myself because I know that it's it's one of those things that you probably haven't even thought of. And she came around, she had all of her equipment. She didn't go, can I borrow a bucket? Can I borrow a sponge? Can I? It was like, she just, she bought coffee. Um, it was just, it was like, a fairy godmother had oh. arrived in my house and it was again that help that I didn't even know that I needed but it was so valued and I mean a lot of a lot of people did a lot of really beautiful things for me during that time but that's just something that stood out because the, it was like it, it was like don't don't look at me I, I'm not here I'm just doing this job and it was she was amazing so what an amazing it, thing what an amazing friend and like you said you never ever forget it like I don't forget any single little thing you know people did for me during that time yeah um it's just so powerful and all those little acts really do add up and give you such a massive boost when you're in it yeah, yeah. And, and then the only other thing I was going to add is, mm. you know, if you're a really good organiser or coordinator and you're quite close to the person, I think if you can be someone that sort of creates a network of love, yes. it can be just the most fabulous thing. There's actually some really great apps now that mm. you can do it mm. via. So yeah. you can just add everyone onto it, create the task. It even might just be making sure someone texts them each day or gives them a call. Yeah. Um, you know, just because otherwise there are often so many people that want to help, but they just need a bit of direction because they're not quite sure what to do. So if you're close enough and you can set up that network effect, that's really powerful. 
that's a that's really great advice and something that yeah probably you know a lot of yeah everyone needs like like your mum like someone at the helm like someone that's just gonna sort of take control and it shouldn't be necessary it shouldn't be you know your mum or your partner it needs to almost be someone a little bit removed who totally that is their sole job um, totally yeah. Uh, yeah yeah and then I think you know and if you don't know how to help the person in the crisis it's like help the helper yes. you know yes. so like exactly. my mum had yep. this beautiful friend Monica and she yeah. would just come around every Friday night with the most beautiful meal created and drop it off and you know because like for for my support people my mum was with me every single day into chemo doing all the things yeah. and she you know so and I think people focus on the person in the crisis but not you know the, yeah. the people that are doing all the heavy lifting. Bridie, that is amazing advice because I think people do just, yeah, they they look at, you know, they look at someone like your mom and go, wow, she's amazing. What what a, what a woman. And, and yeah, and and rightly so, all the attention is is yeah. on you. But yes, who who's helping, who's there for your mum? Because she she was carrying, you know, an, an enormous load. So, yeah, helping the helpers. I love that. Um, now, you also, you touched on this about having difficult conversations and I guess um, this leads to um, something that I wanted to ask you about having boundaries um, because this is something that I spend a lot of my time drumming into women that, you know, it is, it's okay to say no. You're the boss of you. You're the boss of your time. And I, and I was curious um, having, you know, known you you know didn't know you before knowing you now and and reading the book did you always have strong boundaries or do you think that they became stronger um because of this experience and just any insights as to how um, we could be a little bit better with this sort of yeah I think they've really become a lot stronger because of this and almost out of survival mechanism really because I've just had to Mm -hmm. um you know uh, as I mentioned I'm sort of still dealing with chronic fatigue and that sort of stuff post chemo and it means I literally just don't have the physical bandwidth and energy for the things that I used to um, and so it means I'm actually, I'm pretty, like, I have to just be very brutal about what I do in a day. Like at the moment, like in guided by this um, chronic fatigue clinic I've been going to, they're like, you know, you've really got one outing a day, if that, you know, so like one or one activity a day. Yeah. So I know I can't race to brunch and then meet someone for lunch and do, you know, like the old me, mm-hmm. um, because I'll just be a, a scrap heap on the floor. And it was really hard to get good at saying no like that because mm-hmm. you know and it, and it, there's a bit of grief involved with sort of feeling like you're always saying no and and letting people down and I, I must say there are a few bigger things that I've been asked to do where I've felt physically unwell after I've said no you know for the for the preceding hour and they're going oh maybe I'll call them back and I could fit it in and I can make it happen but but over time it's just become more of a relief feeling when you say no um, and people understand, like people mm. actually don't put as much weight on it as we think they do, or if they do, like that's not very fair really, is it? Yeah. Um, I know Mia Friedman, who I used to work for at Mamma Mia, she used to always say what's really important is you just let people know straight away. So don't say yes when you mean no and then pull yeah. out two weeks later or another week later. Yeah. Just from the get-go, um, be really clear about it. And and she always uses the phrase, oh, look, I'd love to so much. Thank you for thinking of me, but work and family commitments prevent me at this time Mm -hmm. and she said you don't have to have children to say to use that excuse or even a partner like you know you you can just say it and people can't question it and actually I think sometimes giving less information is better yes because when you if you say oh well I've got this on that day and people might go oh what about this day you know if you just give a blanket I'd love to thank you so much but give a quick and response I think that's been helpful yeah that's great 
good, great advice. I think you've got some you've got some little tips for saying no in the book, haven't you? No, saying yes. no nicely, yes. Which yes, is, which you know we all need to be reminded of because yeah, otherwise we end up doing things that we really just don't want to do. And I totally. Oh, I think yeah. that thing now too, I saw a great quote the other day and it just said, if it involves fake smiling, I'm not smiling. <laughs> <laughs> and it's such a good one because it's like, you know, you know, how many times do you, you know, when you say yes to something and oh. you can feel your body going, mm. no. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. That physical reaction of like, yeah. what the hell was I thinking? Why yeah. did I agree to this? And then, and like you said, that cancelling closer to the date or whatever, and then you then it upsets people, I think. Then yeah. you look like a flake and, um, yeah. and, you know, whereas if, yeah, I just think, yeah, um, it, just saying no right from the outset, it, it does does help so um so Bryony I love to leave our get our listeners I love our guests sorry to leave our listeners with um something that they've read watched heard that's going to give their business or life a bit of a boost and I was wondering obviously besides your absolutely (laughs) wonderful book is there anything that you would like to share with us today well, uh, you know, as I touched on earlier, I think particularly at this time, just make sure you're watching some fun stuff. Get some stand-up comedy into mm-hmm. you. Some of my favourite Australian comedians, I love Becky Lucas, I love Tom Gleeson, Cecilia. <laughs> um, oh, Cola. Cola. Yep. Uh, you know, they've all got shows on, on sort of Stan and online. Nate Falvo, oh, tremendous. He's fantastic. Um, and Judith Lucy, uh Kitty Flanagan, and if you haven't listened to her audio book, oh it is so hilarious. funny, the Rules to Life one, yeah. the sort of Jordan Peterson piss take that she did. <laughs> um, so get some comedy into you is what I would say. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, you know, if you're just feeling a little bit anxious about the state of the world in general, a book that really helped me last year was called Factfulness. It's by um, Hans Rosling. He was a Swedish um, uh, doctor and researcher. And it is 10 reasons you're wrong about the world and why things are better than you think. And Bill Gates actually said it's the most important book he's ever read for thinking clearly about the world. And it's really easy to read. And it just it just helps you understand that actually whilst we're bombarded with negative news all the time yep. and we're made to feel that everything is going really, really badly, actually the, human, the story of human um, society is a story of progress and things getting much, much better. And so he goes through and breaks down, you know, and gives you 10 big overarching themes in, in how the world's getting better. So that just made me feel a lot better about the state of the world last year. That's fantastic. I will put a link to that in the show notes. That sounds, um, that sounds great. I'm going to have a read of that because, yes, I need some factfulness in my yes. life at the moment, that's for sure. <laughs> Don't we um, all? Yeah, so, Bryony, um, thank you so, so much for coming on the, uh, the podcast today. So your book is out now, which is super exciting. So um, do you want to just tell us how our listeners t- can get more more Bryony in their lives? Um, <laughs> where, so we can buy the book at all. all yeah, all, all 
yeah. all the usual outlets, you know, go to your favourite bookstore if you've got one nearby and they can order it in or get it there. Um, and if not, you know, all the online retailers as well as Kmart, Big W, they've all, they'll all stock it. Mm-hmm. Um, and, yeah, you can find me on Instagram. That's where I spend too much time working <laughs> on that. But I'm Bryony, B-R-I-O-N-Y underscore Benjamin. That's where you can find me, you know, doing the occasional silly TikTok oh, yeah. um, and then just, you know, giving you a dose of helpful content. <laughs> it's gorgeous. I love the content that you put out there. It's really, it's just, yeah, puts a smile it's, on my face. I oh, that's it. so lovely. It's a little puppy heavy at the and moment. And I was going to say, <laughs> your pu- the puppies are just divine. So, yeah, <laughs> if you if you like a little bit of puppy spam, guys, follow Bryony because <laughs> uh, her, her dad has just bought the cutest the cutest puppies into their world and yeah not not one but two he said oh I couldn't he went in he went off just look at one said I couldn't couldn't leave one there and take the other and when he got home I was like I I understand I do I do understand so yeah Yeah. double trouble (laughs) double the love though which is beautiful Bryony thank you so much for your time today it was so good to see you and thank um, you Michelle loved being here oh thanks for being here I'll talk to you soon Uh, talk to you soon thanks so much for having me Thanks for sharing some of your day with me today. I hope it's given you a little boost. To continue the conversation or access any of the resources mentioned in this episode, visit michellebroadbent.com.au. And if you want to give me a boost, you can hit subscribe and be sure to tell your friends. Speak soon. Speak soon.